0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. What have you done to deserve this? I hear you ask. I'm Stephen Scott. With me, Tim Schwartz, as always. Hello, Tim. Hello, Stephen Scott. How are you? I'm fine. I don't mean to say, as always, like, you know, here he is again uh i don't mean like that i mean you know i mean you know here he is he's the guy you've come to know and love talking
1: about me of course and then tim (laughs) preceded by the what have you done to deserve this and then you proceed to introduce me thank you so much for (laughs) you uh i
0: think sean priest is lurking around somewhere in
2: here hello sean hello yes you lucky people i am also here yeah so welcome Uh, yeah
0: moving on moving on from that uh, bombshell news uh that uh, sean apparently it's good news that you're here. We'll see that up in BuzzFeed at some point. After all, they report anything. Uh, right, so uh, let's get into the show. A little political jibe there. Well uh Yes, yeah, so lots to talk about this week. In fact, we're going to be getting into the news later, but uh, before we do all that, I thought we should kick things off. Kill the music. Kill it. Oof. Thank you. Uh, I want to kick things off with a bit of a discussion today. Because, you know, you know us, we're not really that good at talking, so I thought I might lead a conversation. <laughs> I, wa- I want to talk a bit about mobility mobility aids, and um, what we use. Now, look, before you all fall asleep, there is a reason for this. Um, Stop it. Wake up. Come on. Okay. This better get techie pretty quick. It will. It will. In fact, I kick off all about technology. Um, Because at CES 2019 this year, we saw another, and I will say another, because there have been a few, uh, but we've seen another... Attempt at smartening up the white cane. Now, I don't mean you know putting a suit and jacket on it. What I mean is (laughs) giving it a little bit of a a smartening, uh, putting some smart tech in there, uh, so that we can use our cane for more than just navigation. I mean, yes, navigation is ultimately the purpose, or orientation is more the the purpose of it. But you know, adding navigation into adding the capability to. Have some new functions, try some new um, apps on it, for example. I mean, apps on a cane, that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I think that was a film, wasn't it? Apps (laughs) on a cane? Apps (laughs) on a cane, yeah. Yeah. Great film. The the horrific follow-up to um, Snakes on a Plane, yeah. I think
2: that's
0: an interesting proposition. I I want to just get off the bat your thoughts on this. Do we like the idea of the humble white cane, which has been around for hundreds of years? Well, maybe not hundreds of years, but it's been around for a long time. I don't know the exact date it was launched. I wasn't around. Um, but what I will say is that it's been around for a long time, and it has never really been improved upon, I don't think. And certainly smart has never been part of it, and certainly tech has never really become part of it. So I just wonder, is it something you think people might want? Now, Sean, you've only recently started using one. So, well, if I say that, it's about a year, maybe longer than that now, actually. Um, Yeah, a couple of years, yeah. It's as long as that. So, right, so how do you find using it, first of all? And if you did have a smart cane, do you think it would actually make any difference?
2: Okay, well, firstly, just using the cane properly and all the time changed my life. I know, it's like that. It's like a, the Oprah Winfrey show on here. But it did. Oprah. Who's Oprah? Oprah. Have we seen that for copyright reasons? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but look, it's it's amazing. It did totally change everything. Um, I'd love the cane. And when we talk about the tech angle, it makes total sense to build some stuff into it because you just carry it around with you all the time. It's something you've always got. Just a, a battery charger in there would be amazing. Um, but I think it's got to be tech that we actually find useful there's that feeling that we want to techify everything that's a word i've just made it mm. up you want to techify everything everything's got to be smart now that's fine if there's a reason for it um now the we walk cane that we saw it says that that does seem like it's got some practical uses and that technology is actually useful so um yeah i, I definitely I, i'm well up for smartening up my cane i think that's that'd be great okay so tim what about you so do you use uh, any aids at the minute.
0: I mean, I know you've got no sight at all. So how do you navigate?
1: Typically, I just use my white cane, my foldable white cane with a roller ball on it. So those about the only major uh, improvements that a white cane has ever had from a straight non-foldable cane to uh, folding with a with a roller ball, but that's that's about the f- as far as I go with it. I, I do of course you know use the occasional elbow of a of a nice family member or friend or my wife, um, but other than that, that's where I am at the moment. Now, as far as smartening up the cane, I'm not against it. Like Sean said, as long as it's done correctly, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but tech for tech's sake is not necessary, you know, because I. I, it's got to be well. And I feel dirty (laughs) saying that because I love tech for just tech's sake. But when it comes to a smart cane, I wanted to make sure... That it's something that's useful that people will get a benefit out of because otherwise, then you know it, it may not flourish the way we would want it to, and people wouldn't adopt it properly. So you want it to make sense. You want it to be something that'll be useful, and something like the Wee Walk and other things that we've seen to smarten up the cane. Most of the time, they do seem like they'd be useful.
0: So the kind of three takeaways, I guess, from the uh, the Wee smart cane that has been announced at CES, and I actually saw it here at an exhibition in November last year in the uk and actually had a chance to try it and it is a really interesting piece of kit i think the development of it will hopefully make it a bit smaller a bit maybe a bit lighter because what it does is it kind of makes your cane very top heavy um, mm. So, it makes the bottom of the cane not feel quite as. You know, I, I quite like my cane to be quite heavy at the at the other end of it because, you know, that's the bit that's kind of rolling all on the ground and doing its thing. I don't want it lifting up. That's where the
2: action is. Yeah. Well, no, you're that's right. Where navigation comes if, from. It, if it takes away from the, the practical use of the cane, then, yeah, that's a negative.
0: But so the takeaways are that it's got this smart integration. It's got Google Maps integration, which means that um, using vibration sensors actually on the device, it will be able to alert you if you set a route on your phone with Google Maps, it will be able to orientate you and and guide you through this, wherever it is you're trying to go. So if you want to get to the bank, say, um, that's great. It'll direct you left and right and whatever, as Google Maps would. But instead of having to look at your phone or even listen to your phone, you can actually um, use it that way. So, I mean, that's that's actually quite a nice feature. But then there's another feature which is um, one that kind of interests me a bit more. In the sense that I wonder if it kind of falls under Tim's category of tech for tech's sake. Um, and that is the integration of other apps, like, for example, music playing apps, where you can play and pause music using a little touchpad that's actually on the cane. Is that as getting a bit gimmicky, or is that something that you think folk might actually want?
1: I think that's on the borderline of gimmick and want or need because. I don't think it's a need, honestly. I think it is a gimmick or a want. And honestly, as I'm swiping my cane with just the one hand, trying to also at the same time use my thumb or a finger to swipe over a screen I'm coordinated, but I don't know that I'm that coordinated. I, I, that'll be that'll be very <laughs> tricky to do, and I'm trying to navigate and feel, you know, the ground, uh, you know, the, as the cane is swiping across, and trying to navigate things, and trying to pay attention to, you know, maybe Google Maps if it's going or what have you. So, I, I don't know how practical this will be in actual reality.
0: Uh, now that's the kind of gimmicky side, the, the the side away from the so to try and kind of explain this to people because when I tried it. I had to say, I had to try a couple of times to get my head around how this worked. Essentially, what you're buying, you, you can buy the full cane, right? You can buy the whole cane with the smart, well, the WeWalk, the smart cane bit added on. Or you can kind of buy the head on its own and attach it to your own cane, if you really want to do that. I guess it's a way of saving money. Um, but you get this, and if you choose to put it on your own cane, fine. If not, you buy your, your full cane. Whatever you do, you end up with a long cane, just like any other long cane, but it has got a much thicker head on it. And it's got this flat panel pad that you would, or the, what would you call it? The, the my wife knows all the the technical terms of these uh, bits of the cane. I, I just call it the flat bit um, where I put the my index finger. Flat edge figure. at the top. Flat edge, yeah, yeah. Um, and that flat edge is actually your touchpad. That is the bit that you use to sort of swipe up and down. I mean, there's not a huge amount of control. It's, it's not, you know, it's not like a touch bar on a MacBook. You know, it's, it's not that extreme. <laughs> um, but you do get that touchpad which will react to certain touch. Uh, gestures, um, and I think that's quite interesting. I can maybe see other benefits for that down the line. But the third takeaway that I got from it, which I think is probably the most useful thing, and I've seen this before in other products, but this one's also got it. Um, this is uh, a sensor which is built in, which can tell you what is above the the height of the normal height of the cane. So, if, for example, you're walking, it will be able to tell you chest height was coming, head height if there's something coming at you. Um, it will be able to identify those things, to so say a tree branch or another person's walking towards you. You will know about it in advance, so you can choose to navigate around them. And I think that's more of a useful feature, actually, probably the most useful feature of
2: all. Yeah, you know, I think that should always be the, the fundamental question that, that these manufacturers ask themselves. Does this tech we're adding uh, improve upon or add extra functionality for the main purpose of a white cane, which is, you know, to get us around and mobility reasons? And things like obstacle detection using sonar, totally, you know, that that makes total sense. Things like the
1: touchpad and app compatibility, eh, maybe more of an optional extra, I don't know. And I don't have a problem with implementing that onto a cane. And if it's done right and it's sleek and it's not obstructing my use of the cane for orientation and my mobility, then I don't have any problem with that. But then I wonder... Is this a better option than, say, using some sort of smart glass or some sort of other service that can help us in in navigating the world around us? It, or is it just good to have options? I don't, is it not necessarily about better or worse? Is it just, well, it's another option to, to use in our toolkit? I, I don't know.
0: I think this is the interesting argument that I always tend to come back to when it comes to smart canes or, or canes generally is that you know technology in, in a lot of ways has helped us move away from using um, whatever it might be we've used before. Uh, we might use specialist uh, clocks, or we might have specialist uh, displays or specialist equipment, whatever it might be that we use that's termed specialist. And we've talked about this a lot. Um, mainstream tech has been able to take over a lot of that. Now, some people might not choose to want to go down the specialist route for tech. That's fine you have the option now. You can actually buy something off the shelf. And let's say it's a phone and you have apps on there. And those apps can replicate things that, you know, for example, and we're going to talk a bit about the the other side of this, which is obviously all the other tech that, that's built into smartphones like Seeing AI and Soundscape now with the apps you can buy or download. Um, you know, all this technology is out there that can help us in our lives. So what I think back to years ago when I was just starting out in the workplace, and I had to use this big, big scanner, and I have to put a document on it, and then I have to scan the document, and then the computer would have to kind of bah, 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 and it would kind of go off and try and figure out what the on earth this document said, and then three days later it would read it to me badly, um, and that was great. I was like, wow, the the, the future is yeah. here. Um, now I just scan a document, but I, I don't even need to scan it. I just hold my phone up to it using Seeing AI, and it reads the document out. So you know, technology has moved on. And it's allowed us to do more things more easily. I think the challenge for manufacturers and and for us as blind people is that the cane is always going to be a specialist device. It is the only thing left. Maybe not the only thing, but I can't think of much else. The only thing left in blind world, perhaps. (laughs) Blind world? (laughs) In blind world, yeah. Uh, In our little world. um, It's the only thing left I can think of that actually you cannot replace with an app. You can't replace it with... An Amazon Echo or a Google Home, uh, you need you need that physical device, and therefore the the kind of technology that we want to maybe go into it, if we want this technology at all, um, is always going to be a bit. Um, it's, it's always going to be. It's not going to be great, or it's going to be high priced or it's not going to have all the features that we maybe need or want and you know what will those updates be like and all those things you know those things we talked about with specialist tech years ago
2: well and that's always the price for me specialist tech is, is great and it gives us more choice and you know it'll work for some people that, that struggle maybe with some mainstream technology but the price is always so high and of course there's business reasons for that and I understand that smaller market higher costs That is something that when you put that with a cane, which, you know, how many canes have you lost or uh, Mm. people still somehow people with sight still manage to fall over my five foot cane that I'm holding out in front of me. They still manage to trip up and ride over it and drive over it. So, um, you know, if if you've got technology built into that, then if a cane suddenly costs four or five hundred dollars, you know, a cane suddenly becomes a considered purchase and... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I suppose that's where the bolt on technology comes into it. You know, the cane hasn't got the technology built into it. You just add this technology on yourself. Maybe that's the way to go.
0: Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. But I don't know. Would you trust that? I mean, Tim, would you want to go out walking around? I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just me. But I, I can't imagine a day going out, walking around, trusting. Something like that. Trusting a sensor or trusting something that's technology-based. Um, and I guess it's like, you know, you know, when electricity came along for the first time, nobody trusted it. It's magic. Um, is, yeah. What, how, does this, how does that light get turned on? That's bizarre. You know, so maybe it's a bit like that. But, you know, Tim, would you want to go out and just march around the streets and, and hope that your sensor gets it all right and you don't fall over?
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure about going all in on the bird boxing method, as it were, and just (laughs) going out without a cane, without a guide dog, Mm -hmm. without some sort of, uh, you know, mobility aid physically, some sort of physical something that will help me like a cane or a dog, because I still want to feel that comfortability, that control. Now, to have something aiding my cane or aiding me in addition to my cane or a guide dog, like here in the US and now in Canada as well, is the service IRA where you can contact someone on smart glasses through your smartphone and have that agent helping you through the camera on the glasses. Something like that in conjunction with a cane or a dog, I think is a Big benefit. And so making the cane smarter for those who maybe don't want or, or for whatever reason don't have accessibility to get IRA or some service like that to smarten up the cane. I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't know though that I'd want to go out there, like I said, completely without some sort of physical device and just trust a sensor. As Sean was talking about people walking on or stepping on his cane or rolling over the cane with their car. I've had that happen. I've gone through a crosswalk where I had the right-of-way, several people around me were walking as well. And Some lady was not paying attention on her smartphone and rolled into the crosswalk and rolled over the tip of my cane. If I had some sort of sensor on my cane that said that she was approaching, perhaps she wouldn't have rolled over the tip of my cane. I I don't know. So (laughs) a big alarm, yeah, some sort of alarm to go off, say, "Hey, wait, she's coming at you." So, hey, lady. (laughs) stop um so yeah i'm not opposed to that at all but i don't know that i'd be comfortable throwing out the cane or throwing out the dog and just well that sounded harsh um being being rid of the cane (laughs) or rid of the dog and uh and just going solely on a sensor but but that's the way we've been conditioned though isn't Mm. it
0: i I think that's what's interesting i mean we um we've always seen the, the cane as a device which is something that helps you navigate your way or orientate yourself or whatever but usually around obstacles you don't you have to find the obstacle then you navigate around it that's what the cane does and people talk about the guide dog as being a bit more relaxed than that because the dog does the work it kind of takes you around the obstacle therefore makes it a much more interesting journey now i have to say um and i don't mind saying it here i i last year made the decision to go ahead and apply for a guide dog in the uk because i felt I was at that stage where I could just do with that. Do do with that assistance, but also get away from this annoyance of constantly walking through things, walking into things. Um, it does it get just, annoying, it, yes. It's <laughs> like, I'm, I feel like a sim. You know, one of those, remember the Sims game? And they always used to walk around and then bounce into walls and then bounce <laughs> off the next one. I just feel like a sim walking about, you know, flapping this cane around. It's a bit annoying. Um, People dive out of your way when you're using the cane. I mean it's it's I love that. That is the best thing about me using a cane. If you've got a little bit of vision. <laughs> and see you can them see them jump into the People just like Exactly, yeah. <laughs> grabbing their children out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way of the blind man or someone once shouted to me, Get out of the way of the deaf man and I thought that was brilliant. Um <laughs> So you get this kind of stuff and okay, it's annoying. But you know, then there's the other side of the coin which is you go this you get this leap from having, you know, a cane, which you can fold up and, and Chuck in a drawer or chuck in a bag and that's it, that's your day over. In terms of your mobility, you get to work and you get on with it. The second then the second option is a dog. But a dog takes so much work, it takes a lot of effort, it takes a lot of involvement, it takes a lot of your day, and after having several conversations with guide dogs here in the UK, um and and just thinking through the whole process and you know, seeing the reality the reality that exists, and you know the amount of requirements or, that the guide dogs have on you, which is you know very reasonable, of course. But
2: yeah.
0: I just, I've made the decision to, this year. I've made the decision now to to end that that decision to go ahead with a guide dog. I'm stopping doing it because what I think my ideal would have been last year. My ideal would have been a guide dog with Ira. That would be my absolute ideal. Yeah. Yep. I think the practicalities of owning the dog and all that that goes with it, um, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a busy guy. I've got a lot going on. And, you know, a dog is a lot of work. And I am not going to take on the responsibility of an animal to let that dog down, to let down a charity that spent a lot of money and people's money. This isn't just, you know, government cash. I mean, this is people's money going into a charity to raise the £50,000 it costs to get this dog to me. I'm not going to put that on anybody for me not to treat that with the respect it deserves. So for that reason, I'm pulling out of the process and I've said, no, it's not for me. Um, However, it has sought me to think about these kind of devices like WeWalk and other devices or other um, apps in this case, like uh, the Seeing AI app, um, which I mean, you can use it saying you're seeing AI. That, that's not the one I mean. Um, S- Soundscape. That's Soundscape, I mean. yeah. Yeah, Microsoft Soundscape, which is the one which kind of gives you uh, audible beacons to guide you to where you're trying to get to. I think that, for me, is the best solution. And I, I, I'm, I'm sad about it in a way. If I'm honest, I'm quite sad about it. I really wanted to get a guide dog. I, I just love the idea of it. Um, but I think practically, the kind of traveling I do and all the rest of it, you know, it's, I, I sit in a train for four and a half hours, yeah, that's not fair on a dog, really. Um, you know, and if I'm doing that twice a day, um, that's really not fair. So you know, th- things like that. And it's just the cane, fold it up, throw it in the bag, and that's fine. Although, don't put it on a chair because people get really annoyed if you got a cane on a chair.
2: Dirty cane, correct? Yeah, exactly. I know. I, th- I think you know you're right. It's it's up to the individual to make the the choice and the decision. Have I got the have I got the time to give? to to the dog yeah. because as you said you know as even if you're just a you've got a dog as a family pet you know how much time it takes and how much responsibility mm-hmm. that does take so I mean from a mobility point of view from what I understand guide dogs are amazing um, and and I talk to people that say it makes them feel far more comfortable and they have barely any anxiety when making a trip they don't know.
0: Well, we could, we, listen, we could do a whole show on that topic alone. That, exactly. I mean, yeah. this, becomes a, this becomes an agony aunt show at the end of it, but, you know, honestly, <laughs> but it's true. You know, the amount of anxiety, I mean, Tim, you, you, I'm not I'm, I'm meaning to pry here, right, but I just am interested. Yes,
1: you do. Do you go out a lot on your own? A lot on my own by myself? Not really, and it's not for a lack of ability. Uh, it's just, for whatever reason, I typically just go places with other people. When uh, I was uh, recently working in a you know downtown major city, I would travel out and about in the city a lot on my own, you know, before and after work or lunch hour or what have you. But I don't do that as much anymore. So no, I don't find myself going out as much. And that's a lot of why I haven't been able to decide to get a guide dog up to this point. I've considered a guide dog for years, but I don't know that I would utilize a dog as much as, it would be appropriate as you said to spending all that money all the training all the time on the involvement mm-hmm. i want a dog but i wonder sometimes do i want it more for the fact that i just want a dog than i want a guide dog and and I, that to me <laughs> yeah. isn't an appropriate you know decision to make or a proper decision to make where where i'm starting to agree with you and it's interesting because i was highly considering the next six months or a year getting a guide dog but With technology that's coming out like this, like the WeWalk and other things, maybe I won't go down that route. Because I'm hoping one day that a company with a lot of money and a lot of technology savvy... Tim Cook, I'm looking at you, will come out with some sort of smart glasses that incorporates the artificial intelligence of of an ORCAM, that incorporates the the workers and the trained agents of an IRA, that incorporates the sensors and the abilities of the WeWalk, and puts all that into one or potentially two devices that is sleeker, better, mainstream, and affordable. And that's the answer to our cane Companion, I think that's a ways down the line but I I could honestly see that happening
0: I I couldn't agree more I, I really couldn't and I think it's going to be that time when we do get to the stage and it will come I mean Apple are going to release glasses at some point I think it's likely to be next year Ooh, you never know. Old prediction. I just i have a i have a hunch because of what the year is. Uh, that's clever. all I keep yeah. thinking about. Twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, if
1: it's not this year, it will be next year. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: year kind of says to me that's the year of glasses, doesn't
2: it? Well, just all the, all the technology is pointing that way. We got depth sensing cameras yeah. now. Three D cameras are very common. Um, you know, so I think it's definitely pointing that these just seem like they're around the corner. And that's I mean th- this is my thing, right? I mean, uh, come back to the guide dog
0: for a second. You know. The guide dog thing for me, it was such a leap. And and I just feel there's nothing in the middle at the moment. You either have a cane you can chuck in a bag, or you have a dog which you have to give your full attention to. And it's like, I feel I need something in the middle. And maybe the answer, and this is where I'm coming to, I think, is that the answer is cane plus extras.
2: Tamagotchi cane.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feed it. Well, I mean, it, it could be the cane. I, I do like the wee walk idea. I'm not sure if it's the one I would want. But I think it's moving us towards where we would want to be. I mean, there was the Ultra cane which came out um, oh, well, a good few years back yeah. now, and it's, it's selling pretty well. It's pretty expensive, mind you. Um, I think it's close to $800. Ho, ho, ho. Um, it's a lot of money for a cane. Yes. And it's got similar features to what the Wok has. It doesn't have the integration with the apps, but it does have the ability to know what's coming up ahead of you. Um, I quite like that idea. But I I fear carrying that kind of thing around. Um, again, drop it, you know, chuck it in the bag and it breaks. Oops, yeah. you know that kind of thing. Whereas with uh, something like a Wee cane, which is coming in at around four hundred pounds, that's roughly about what five hundred fifty thereabouts Canadian. Um, that's you know it's a lot of money for a cane for sure. But if it does offer those additional extras, and considering the fact as well, and we haven't even touched on this. When you're walking around, you only have the use of one hand. So, you know, I go to the shops and I'm carrying a bag in my right hand. My left hand's got the cane. Someone calls me or, <laughs> or I want to change a song on my phone. not that generally listen to music on the move. But if I was doing something or navigating, instead of having to keep checking my phone, I can just grab my cane and, and you know, hold on to it and know that it will give me the information. So I, I think we're getting closer to the, the, the right solution to, to make us more independent. That would be my... My thoughts on it.
2: Absolutely. And there is a debate that's raging at the minute about personalizing your cane as well. You know, this is my cane. There are many others like it, but this one is mine. There's, There's something about a cane that, as I said, you carry along all day with you. Um, personalizing a cane, changing different colors. There's illuminated canes now with lights in them. Um, you know, there is a safety aspect for that as well for for walking at night. Um, uh-huh. But people argue that a white cane should just be that a white cane. It's a symbol for other people as well as a mobility device for you. So, quick fire round.
1: Um, what are you, Tim? What's your favorite tip? Well, Stephen, I started off using just the regular Q-tip and would tap back and forth, but I really found that I like the marshmallow roller tip, the, the big you know white roller tip on the end of it. I don't tap anymore. I like to just roll back and forth so I can feel you know what's in front of me rather than tapping over top of what might be in front of me.
2: Tapping. Does anyone really tap? I, uh, yes, I'm the same. I've got a, a roller ball. Um, it's like the size of a golf ball, I suppose, on the end yeah. of mine. And uh, it's great because you don't get stuck in drains, which is always a bonus. That's, that's how I roll. That, that is indeed how you roll. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't realize...
0: For a long time, how many of these different types you can get, um, and that's why I ask you because I'm the same. I use a roller ball, but I have an Amputech high mileage roller ball. Ooh, posh. Oh, yeah. Ooh, oh Ooh, yeah. This is good one. So it's Fancy. it's got a kind of a, a, a thicker, harder edge to the outside of the ball, the bit that actually hits the ground, um, whereas the inside bit, the sort of top of the ball, if you like, is is just your your average rollerball but it does give you more miles on it i, I quite like that uh, but you get other ones you get discs now um i don't really understand how all this works you get ones with wheels on them yes um <laughs> you okay. get the pencil tip one which i guess would be more for like a symbol cane um because i can't imagine anyone re- i mean that if you were using a pencil tip cane you would have to be tapping there's no way you'd be able to use that otherwise yeah um so but yeah there's different kinds of ones but um yeah, that's mine. So just, I anyway, just wanted to ask. And I also wanted to show off my new high-mileage one. Anyway, <laughs> coming win. up, we're doing the news. <laughs> Stay there. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Hey, welcome back. This is Double Tap Canada. Stephen, Tim, and Sean here. Now, Tim, over to you for your Tim's bits this week. And this is actually one that was prompted by one of
1: our listeners. That's right, it's time for another edition of Tim's Bits, and this week I'll be talking about single ear, or mono, Bluetooth devices. I'll be reviewing three separate Bluetooth devices, one at a lower cost, one at a mid to high range cost, and one at a much higher cost. Let's begin with the least expensive of these devices, and that would be the Plantronics M500. Now, as many people know, I've been a big fan of the Plantronics M-Series for a very long time. I started off with the M50, the M55, and then the M165. The M500 is the latest in this series of Bluetooth devices. Coming in at approximately $50 Canadian and about $40 in the U.S., The Plantronics 500 comes with a detachable hook that you can attach to the device to wear on either your left or right ear, as well as a silicone piece to fit snugly with inside your ear. There's an easy to feel slider switch to turn the device on and off, and it is easy to pair by just holding in the main button on the back of the device. Everything from setup to volume control to battery indicator is all self-voicing. You can also answer and decline phone calls using your voice. With a range of a little over 9 meters or 30 feet and battery life that lasts approximately 7 hours, the M500 is really good for listening to audiobooks and podcasts. But where I think it really shines is when you are just generally navigating your smartphone. There is very little, if any, lag from touch of the screen to what you hear in the device when using voiceover or talkback. For anyone willing to spend a bit more money for audio quality and durability, as well as have a device that is certified to be used with Skype Pro and Microsoft Link, I recommend the Sennheiser UCML at a price of approximately $168 Canadian, $118 U.S., The Sennheiser UCML could be used as your everyday Bluetooth device, but it really shines when it comes to using it on your computer for voice communication using programs like Skype. Like the Plantronics M500, pairing is simple, the controls are easy, and self voicing, but the Sennheiser UCML offers up to 10 hours of battery life on a single charge. And finally, we come to the highest priced recommendation on my list, and that's the Bose SoundSport Free Bluetooth Headset. Unfortunately, the name doesn't mean that it is a free Bluetooth device. What it means is that it is free of a headband either on top or behind your head. Coming in at a price of approximately $249 Canadian, about $199 US, The Bose SoundSport Free technically is not a single ear Bluetooth, but it has the capability. It is a stereo Bluetooth, but you can just use one ear at a time. And of course, the Bose quality is there with better noise canceling than the Plantronics or the Sennheiser. And of course, much better audio quality than either of those as well. All in all, I really like all three of these devices and would recommend any of them depending on your budget and use case. So what are your thoughts on these Bluetooth devices? If you have a comment or a question for a future edition of Tim's Bits, please send emails to feedback at ami.ca, and be sure to put Tim's Bits in the subject line. Mm,
0: interesting. Thank you for that, Tim. Uh, yeah, he- headphones, single-ear headphones, it's a um, big debate in the blind world, I guess, because – the I said blind world again. Sorry. <laughs> um but no it is because you know it's all very well having your lovely stereo headsets but for a lot of us who use voiceover you don't need two years in all the time so a single year just makes a lot of sense um some good choices there. Sennheiser being the winner. Um, so uh, Okay, I get your reasoning for it, I, I think. I mean, you know, there's obviously a lot of options in there, and they are quite expensive, Tim. To-
1: yeah, and that's kind of the thing. I wanted to do a range of products, go with kind of the lowest end, which being uh, being the Plantronics. And that's, you know, it's affordable. The sound isn't bad. The latency isn't bad. So if you're on a budget Plantronics is fine, but if you've got the money to spend, I, I do, again, think the Sennheiser is the best. It works really well with Skype, and the sound quality is really good. Now, if money's no object, of course, there's the Bose, and that particular set of Bose, does have the two ears, but again, the reason I brought them up is because you can do one ear at a time, and so you can make it a single ear. There is no headband, like I said, so it it makes it an option, but it's so expensive. And the audio quality, Mm. yeah, it's Bose quality. It's good, but I mean, really that much more money for quality that's probably no better honestly than the sennheiser so yeah i think it's a good choice to go with any of these really depending on your money but it's it definitely beats the whole you know one earbud in one earbud out you know, having the cord hanging down and all that kind of silliness i like that i so know I, you do no
2: but, no i don't like these headsets oh there i've come out and said it well look for me why would you go for <sighs> okay. a sennheiser or a, a bose over the plantronics for a one-eared headset Why would you pay that extra money? Because you're never going to listen to it for audio quality anyway. You could argue microphone quality, I guess, but for me, always just go for the cheapest one you can find because this sort of one-eared headset is more, you know, stick in a pocket or throw away. It's not for.
1: Deep music listening well and that's why as you go up the range of the three of these you do have the different use cases if you are just wanting something to listen to voiceover or talk back listen to podcasts oh like double tap perhaps uh you're wanting just that basic audio quality the Plantronics is going to serve you just hi, fine. Hi, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Hang on. What do, you, what do you mean? I didn't like the way you put double tap basic. and basic <laughs> audio quality <laughs> next to
1: each other. I think you should rephrase I mean that compared to high-end music uh, quality. That's no, what I mean. No, still don't like it. Terrible. We are top-end. Digging end. a bigger hole here. Um, yes, if you want to listen to top-end elite quality like double tap on a single ear That's Bluetooth. Well, like the, the Plantronics is still definitely the way to go, especially for the price. However, something like the Sennheiser, because it is certified for Skype, it's not quite a business Bluetooth, but it, it's getting into that kind of a, you're using it not just for audio, not just for podcasts, you know, and, and phone, talking on the phone but you're and using it for your screen reader, but you're also using it to communicate maybe on your home computer and using it for that as well and using it for Skype and, and things like that. When you get to the Bose, however, that one, like I said, does have two earpieces so you can listen to it in stereo but again i picked it because you can pair it down to one earpiece the bose single earpiece that they do make is many many years old they don't make it anymore and so it wasn't really relevant with this conversation but this one because you can use one or the other singularly i like the the versatility of that again you're going to pay in canada 249 dollars for it and because it's stereo that's nice but It's just a bit rich for me. Mm.
0: Do you know the best one I found? And it's a single ear that I use. I'll be honest, it's not perfect. If you want to do Siri or you want to use it for calls, (laughs) yeah, good luck. Um, But it's brilliant for just voiceover. For just listening to voiceover, it is brilliant. And I actually got one with my PlayStation 4 uh, that connects to the game controller. And it's just a little single ear. And it plugs in standard cable. And I think it can work. It's got a mute control on it i don't know if the mic's maybe just away on it it should work um but it's got the mute on it which is quite good as well so you can't call up surrey by accident um i quite like it and it only costs four pounds which is wow. a couple of dollars i mean it's not a lot a huge amount of money i mean obviously it's a slight wow. slightly different than audio quality to what you're suggesting tim <laughs> top quality stuff yeah that's for your basic <laughs> that's for your basic shows like um the other ones. Um, but
1: yeah. There's other radio shows and podcasts out there. yeah. Yeah,
0: not on AMI, obviously, because all of AMI. Not, not is AMI, no, quality. I, of course. Yeah, we're just digging holes here. Right, look. Um, yeah, how can you dig a hole with an earpiece? Tune in next week and find out um, when we're not here. Uh, yeah, so um, basically, I think that there are a range of options out there. I would love to see um, an equivalent. I don't know if there is. I know that the Google phone, yeah, the, the Pixel 3 that I got, came with um, earbuds, which are equivalent to, if you like, equivalent to the the AirPods. But one thing I've never seen, other than that one I got for the PlayStation, was a single ear headset, and it's just really strange, little earpiece, just a little cheap one even. Just very hard to get. Whereas what you're talking about, obviously, is the Julia. But you can make them. You can just take one out. Simple as that. Um, no, but yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get no AirPods. That, equivalent that i can find because even the and what i'm talking about here just to be clear what i'm talking about is the kind of just sit on your ear the problem i've got is if i take one of the ones you've suggested it's it's that in-ear it's pushing into my ear which means (laughs) to me horrible well to me it means that i can't hear out of that ear whilst i'm walking around and you know that's not great when you're trying to navigate or orientate yourself So having something that gives you that little bit of flexibility, you can still hear what's going on around about you. And that's why I love the AirPods, because you can. You can still hear what's going on around about you, but at the same time, you know, you can hear voiceover or whatever.
1: That definitely makes it difficult. When I was doing my research for the piece this week, I did look at Jabra. I looked at Jawbone and I did try to see if there was another one that would just settle in your ear as opposed to being pushed kind of in or or settling more into the ear and there really isn't one. I was hoping Jawbone would have one or, or something like that. Jabra has some, but they're they don't settle in the ear, and they actually are more high-end professionals. So they have like a a folding down microphone for business use, and so it really just wasn't fitting what I was wanting to find. So yeah, I don't think there really is something like that. Well, that's what I've got.
0: I've got the Plantronics Voyager Legend headset, which makes me look as if I should be sitting at a desk in Mad
2: Men right. or on stage with Madonna, <laughs> yeah,
0: doing my concert with Britney. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Mm. There's just not that much uh, out there. But, um, yeah, good look, good choices. I like your choices. Um, and um, that brings us rather, rather neatly onto our email this week, one of our emails that we got that I want to pick up on, because it is about sound quality. Now, you, you know we've kind of had a, I have to say, some amazing debates in this program about sound quality. And I am just astounded by both of you uh, sometimes when it comes to sound quality. You. And what you th- And what You're you think problems. is a good standard. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't finished that sentence, and you jumped in a bit early. Um, But, you know, if you want to take that, fine. Uh, Aaron Linson's been back in touch. Now, uh, he says, I have to disagree with the sound quality when Stephen ran the comparison between uh, the new Amazon devices. Um, Yeah. I think that was you, Sean. No,
2: no, it was definitely you, Stephen. I I agree.
0: Yeah, right. Well, (laughs) as Aaron says about Sean, as an audio production major in college, I found while the dot was louder, the music itself was generic at best. Of course, we're talking here about the new Dot third generation. He says, everything was just louder, nothing was able to be picked out in the mix. Likewise, with the Google Mini, the result was different. I found that I could pick out the bass, the singers, and other instruments, especially the drums, which at times can be lost within the mix, depending on the genre, the song, and even the studio mixer or that, that even produced the song. Also, room size does play a big deal in this, a big part in it, but you still can figure out if... Uh, picking out certain instruments out is to your liking or you just want to hear noise just my opinion he says however my opinion is better than yours since i am the one holding the bachelor's of science degree lol he
2: oh, 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 oh. told Good you there was a lol at the end of that
0: <laughs> <laughs> aaron linson well uh, thank you for your email aaron um you know you probably do know a lot about sound i am going to say something though aaron in sean's defense steady I don't think you can teach someone how to hear sound. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so I don't think you can, because I think sound quality... I mean, look, these guys here, Aaron, they think that 320 uh, megabits, or kilobits, I should say, of audio quality is decent. Which um, is and, and better than CD. Oh, whoa, whoa, no uh, one said better than. Impossible. Better than CD. You did. I'll go back on the records... Yes, you did. You said this last time. I will go back, I will find the clip, and I will shame you.
2: Right, okay, we'll get to that. Let's go back to Aaron. Um, well, look... We love each other, really. Audio quality is always subjective. And, of course, if you you can get technical, and I bow down to your education in that, which I totally do not have. Um, but I think for the vast majority of people, if you're, you're listening to both of those, I don't think it is just louder. I don't think it's a case of just increased volume at all. Um I'm not saying that the Google Home, I'm assuming it was between the, uh, was it last week's one or was it the one where I did all of the Echo devices? We've done a few. Yes, but but either way, I I think the, I mean, if you compare the new Dot to the Dot 2, there is absolutely no comparison at all. There's no way I don't think anyone could say that the Dot 2 has um, clear audio. It's not a case of just louder. If you compare it to the Google Home Mini, um, as I've said, I don't think it's a bad Um, sound out of it at all Um, i just think the dot 3 is better of course we could argue louder more definition more clarity to me it sounded a lot better but hey it's subjective so i'm quite happy to bow down to your opinion
1: I think it is subjective and it depends on what you're used to as well. We had a dot two in our house for a year. I purchased the dot three and I was doing a side by side comparison and I didn't tell my wife which was which. And she immediately picked out the dot three, said that it sounded not just louder, but a richer sound, a fuller sound, and said that all the time that we had the dot two, she thought it was okay, it was fine. But now hearing it next to the dot three, she felt that it was more hollow sounding, more tinny sounding. And she hadn't really noticed it until it was compared directly with the dot three now comparing that to a mini again it is subjective also it 's difficult to really get it properly you know with a recorder and playing it through the show but I think it is more than just a louder sound and I say that because I have a dot three but i don 't have a mini, so i can 't directly compare it but i don 't know i I think that it the dot three is better, but i don 't know it just <laughs> it 's hard to say
0: guess what I am on it right I, I take it from the viewpoint of I use studio-quality speakers to do the edits that we do here. And these are speakers that you would not listen to music through. That's not really what they're for. If you were listening to music through them, you would be producing music because they are completely raw. The sound you get from them is as raw as the day is long. Um, And, you know, they are really good speakers, and they give you that high-quality sound. They give you every single bit of detail from the track. You're not going to get that from a $30, $50 speaker. You're just not going to get it. So, you know, that's the first thing. and I think that's really important to know. However, Aaron makes some good points here, I think. And, and, you know, the the sound quality, he's saying it's not, it's just louder. It's not really that much different. I I do disagree a little bit with that. I, I think it is subjective. I think you're welcome to that view, Aaron. I don't feel that way. I think the sound is richer and warmer. Would I consider this to be the best quality sound you could get in a speaker ever? No. Not at no. all. Not at all. I don't think anyone would say that. No, I don't. but, I, no, but actually, not. do you know what? I think some people might. Because I think some people might. Not so much that they don't have an interest in high quality, but they just don't have endless, you know, deep pockets to go and spend all the money they have on Sonos or whatever else. Uh, and there are even people I know who say, oh, I wouldn't buy Sonos because Sonos is terrible. You know, that's, that's not high quality. And, you know, even I tend to think, what, really? But, you know, when you do hear a massive sound system at work that costs thousands and thousands of pounds, well, oddly enough, it does sound a bit better. But then it costs thousands and thousands of pounds. What did you expect? So I think it comes down to the reality of it. I think the Google Home Mini compared to the Echo. Um, I don't know. I felt, I felt the Echo, out of both of them, had the warmest of sounds.
2: Yes, I agree. And let's just be clear here. We're talking about the Dot 3, not the yeah. actual yeah. Echo.
0: Actually, I would say that, yeah, I mean, I've got the Echo, and I'm not as keen on it. Even the Echo Plus, I think it's a lot of it is down to what the, what's the what been driven through it. I mean, it's the same thing, right? I've got the HomePod here. Um, my beautiful, wonderful, amazing wife got me for Christmas, and I was so happy when I got it. <laughs> and I played some music through it through Apple Music, and the sound was just awful. I was not impressed. Really not impressed. Wow. And I was thinking, this is dreadful. Now, I'll be honest, I was listening to a few songs from the past, because I'm not a modern obsessive i don't really listen to a lot of modern tunes so you know i was listening to a few things and i had on an album which i love from way way back neil sadaka well i love neil Sedaka, right i think he's brilliant i've seen him live once love him and neil sadaka songs were awful i mean no not for the obvious reasons that you might think (laughs) Um, <laughs> you said obvious reasons yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I, I thought i'd jump in with the insults i like them, so yeah i've got the song i've got laughter in the rain on it's singing it's medley but it's playing away and it just sounds it look it sounds like it was recorded in the rain yeah um and i'm thinking what's wrong here and of course it's the audio quality that's been set by apple music in this case who've put it into their system now on the flip side if i get as i did i went into my loft i found my no album brought it down, ripped it in in full audio quality, and then played it back through the HomePod. 320 kilobits, yeah. At 1411 (laughs) kilobits, actually, (laughs) CD quality, FLAC, actually. Um, Which actually, FLAC, I think, is 786, if I'm getting that right. Um, But it's just a bit less. We don't lose much. And it was stunning through it. It sounded amazing through it. You hear every single bit of detail. That's the point. It's what you're putting in as a theory
2: i tend to work on which is the crap in crap out theory can can we say that can we just check the well, i just did check the manual please <laughs> <laughs> no look, you're you're absolutely right but i would argue look for this well, you, you sort of made this point as well but for this price point you know an entry level speaker you're not going to expect um to you know to even like a home theatre system or something. No. It's, it's just not... It's for placing in the kitchen or on the bedside cabinet. That's what it's for. And the audio quality comparatively with the Google Home Mini, I don't think it is just louder. It has got more dynamic range. Um, that's not to say the Google Home Mini is bad at all. It is very clear, but... Comparatively between the two, I would go for the dot three every time.
1: And the other thing to consider too is that the Google Home Mini is an older device than the than the uh, dot three. The dot three is brand new, only a few months old. The Mini came out quite a while ago. They haven't refreshed that yet, so it's probably more fair, honestly, to compare a Google Mini to a dot two. Probably, Um, but it's maybe uh, it's probably better than a dot two. I I, I don't want to say that it's the same. It's oh, definitely better, better than, a than a dot two. two. I, I can sing yeah, better that's, than that's a dot a question. Two. <laughs> right, absolutely, but but it's probably closer to the dot two than the dot three. Is that fair? Maybe, even though it's better. Mm,
2: I don't know. The dot two was pretty bad. Mm, that's getting a little bit. I don't know it's yeah. pretty
1: hard. Yeah, but but again, my argument is that it's an older. It is an older yes, device.
2: Definitely. I, hey, look, we may get an, a new generation of Google Home Mini very soon. It wouldn't surprise me. OK, well, look, leave it there
0: because uh, you know, we could talk about this all day, but <laughs> yes. um, let's not. Um, instead, let's get to some news. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, thank you, yeah, Aaron. That for good to be getting in touch. Feedback at ami.ca. Get in touch. Feedback at ami.ca. That's the email address. Uh, get in touch now. Um, to some news and Android are uh, bringing out their new version. I think it's starting to roll out to some of the Google Pixel 3s. (sighs) Can't wait. Uh, And some other devices will get it as well eventually. Uh, You know what Android's like? um, It'll get there when it gets there to most devices. Um, But for those who do get it, I think there's one key feature. I know there's a couple in there that I know one in particular uh, Sean's interested in. But for me, it is dark mode. That's the one that appeals to me. They're bringing dark mode to Android. Now, you might think, why does that matter? Because we've got dark mode in everything now, but actually, uh, I will say one thing about my Pixel Three: the screen is very bright, Um, (laughs) and you know, no matter how hard I try to turn everything round to make it, you know, either through inversion or through high contrast, it doesn't always work. Having dark mode would solve that problem, and I kind of think we've we've kind of stumbled onto something here for those of us with partial vision who have got real sensitivity to light. Uh, and even those with light perception i know some friends of mine who are blind who actually like the bright light bizarre i mean you know, think about it you know if you've only got light perception yeah. you it helps to find what you're looking for but for those of us who've got partial sight with light uh, sensitivity this is a big deal
2: it is, and dark mode in general is um, seems to be the new thing. You say that lots of things have dark mode. Well, they're trying, but they don't actually have it yet. It doesn't work right. As you said, there are workarounds. There's um, you know high contrast themes on Windows 10 or smart invert on iOS. Um, but a full system-wide, and when I say system-wide, I also mean third-party app support as well that supports a dark mode. So, for example, I could have the high contrast theme on my Windows desktop, but as soon as I open up um, File Explorer, I've got a blinding white light or open up Chrome blinding white light again, you know, and it's that consistency that's missing. So, that's what Android Q is um, working on, a system-wide dark mode. And That is basically a a black background on every app with you know, a, a white or near-white text. It, it is much nicer in low-light situations. And, of course, I, I just think it, it's far better. It takes away that glare for me. So, depending on your eye condition, of course, it's, it's something to look forward to. Let me just say as well that um, you said it, it, it's rolling out already. It's so early in Android Cube development. It, the file is out there and people are playing with it. But um, I don't think we'll see it for a while yet, even on a sort of beta test to preview
1: uh, yeah that's
0: that's what I said um did. so yeah'
1: uh, that's exactly uh, what you said exactly what you meant, yeah, yeah rolling out it's exactly equates- what I was saying.
0: what I meant to say is exactly what I said, I mean, look, there's no way we can go back and check, so it's fine,
1: <laughs> yes, we'll be rolling out eventually sometime uh, sometime maybe. yes, maybe, um speculation <laughs> rumor next yes. week newscastle yes, fake news um, But no i i I, <laughs> I think that uh, this is actually really good news, like you guys said with that that blinding glare that you get uh, if I had vision to, to use this would be a feature that I would like and it's funny because it seems like so many companies are trying to get on this now You know, Apple of course did this with the Mac and, and it's just, yep. you know, there's a lot of apps individually that are implementing this into their apps directly, so to see this go system wide on Android will be very interesting to see how they implement it, but I think it's going to be more widely used than even you think because so I think you know, people with full sight, people with partial vision, I think this appeals to a lot of different people
0: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. Um, Well, look, let's, because we've only got a couple of minutes left, guys, uh, I just want to quickly mention the Braille class that I went to this week. Now, I've been so excited about this. Finally getting a chance to go along to a Braille class near to where I live. uh, It feels like I have found the holy
2: grail. (laughs) It's like finding a unicorn or something. That's amazing. Of course, I should have said holy Braille. (laughs) Oh, Oh, clever. Can we re-record? Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) If only we could edit this somehow. Um, But yeah, I've been, as well as doing the Braille class, one thing I've been trying to figure out is the Orbit Reader because I've got one. It's the Orbit Reader 20. And um, this is the problem with all the specialist tech. There's nowhere to go to learn about it, to actually figure out how to use this stuff. So I'm quite pleased to say that next week I will be On Tuesday, actually, I'll be spending some time learning more about the Orbit Reader. So I hope to come back and impart some knowledge to you.
2: Or at least someone else's knowledge. That'll be a change. I'm expecting a full, detailed review. Yeah, good luck. I'm expecting Um, from this. But yeah,
0: no, I I do. I want to to get into this a bit more because, you know, this is the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm learning on a Perkins and that's fine. But truth be told, I'd probably like to use the Orbit, you know. Let's be honest about it. It's, it's a lot less noisy. You don't have to wear earplugs when you're using it. That's the first thing.
2: Oh, they are so massive. It's just you could give people concussion walking around with those <laughs> things. It's like carrying around a bag of scrap metal. I will
0: say one thing. I've got a lovely little bag for mine, and uh, it's it's great. But the funny thing is when you're in a taxi and your taxi driver says, oh, just give me that bag and I'll take it off you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh one hernia and operation later uh, you find out how he's doing but um yeah i'm looking forward to that so we'll talk more about that coming up as well if you have got feedback you want to share with us please do feedback at ami.ca we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on tim's bits this week around single ear headphones i know some of you have been asking about that and uh you know we obviously talked earlier about the the uh, mobility canes and uh you know smartening them up and and making changes to the, the standard mobility aid what do you think about all that well get in touch and tell us uh you're more than welcome to join us here on the program hey listen If you leave a a number in your message, we can get in touch with you. You could be on the program. You could be talking with us, the superstars that are uh, Sean and Tim.
2: Wow. That's a selling point, is it? (laughs)
0: Apparently, yeah. That's what it says here Um, (laughs) in Braille that I can't read. Uh, That's it for uh, for us this week, though. Thank you so much to you guys, as always, for being here. How you put up with um, each other is beyond (gasps) me.
2: I thought you were going to be humble then. Ah, Thank you, Stephen.
1: Thank you, I think.
0: Left turn just at the last minute. That's me. Uh, catch you next time on Double Tap Canada.
1: This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. I'm Arthur Shepherd
2: of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air.